This is the Premier League Preview Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Premier underscore podcast. Find us on Facebook under Premier League Preview Podcast or online at plpreview.com. Hello. You're very welcome to the Premier League Preview Podcast. Looking into match week eight. The weeks are flying in. Ah, stop. Before we start, I want to let you all know we have a fancy new website. plpreview.com. Go have a look. You can see all our subscri- subscription details there and social media and whatnot and i don't have to list them every week anymore i just need to tell you to go to plpreview.com and it's not a tongue twister as well which definitely helps yeah so i'm sean fitzmorris i'm joined by the man with the stats mr o maloney howdy hopefully he has some handy stats for us this week uh, don't get your hopes up <laughs> 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 no nah, i'm only joking of course of course i do sean of course i do well we've been looking at the fixtures for uh, match week eight to be honest, it's a it's a poor looking list of fixtures. Yeah, if if you're a man that does or a woman, of course, uh, that does uh, accumulators on a Saturday afternoon, I think this is one that you're gonna kind of have fancy. It's a week like some weeks you win single, you may as well just throw your money down a uh, down a well or make a wish. But like uh, this kind of you're looking through the fixtures this week and like you know what, a lot of these games you can call and it's kind of one of those weeks. There's not exactly any juicy fixtures, but look. Yeah. It, look, there's a reason that they play the games. That this is the type of week now. Things will just there'll be seven draws and and, yeah, yeah. and, and you know and it, it'll just be completely unexpected results. So um, yeah, look, we just have to take the fixtures as they come now, and hopefully we can get our predictions right for once. In uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, we haven't been too far off on some of them, but we have been a long way off on others. Yeah. But that's the, that is the beauty of the Premier League. Oh, it is one hundred percent sure. Look. It's the most. It is the most unpredictable league in the world, probably for the, for a top flight league. You just never know. Like we saw Norwich going and beating City, like, and no one would have given them a hope. They they, they everyone thought they would have been carved up, and it just goes to show you just never. You can never count any result as as a foregone conclusion as often as you'd be tempted to do with the likes of City or Liverpool playing big teams or smaller teams. Sorry, but um, look, they they play the games for a reason. That's it. Exactly. Well, I suppose the most exciting fixture this week has to be Liverpool-Leicester. Brendan Rodgers going back to face his old club with his, his new club, who are in really exciting form. Oh, big time. And I think this is the first year you can really call, well, obviously the first year, that you can really call this Brendan Rodgers Leicester team, sorry. And um, they're playing unreal football like they they're in third for with good reason and they like we said it a few weeks ago that this is a year where a lot of the supposed top six are kind of stumbling and stuttering and it's a, the chance for maybe a West Ham or a Leicester or an Everton to break through into the top four or, or the top six and uh Leicester have done that so far and they have been rock solid they certainly look the most likely anyway to yeah, stay there 100% if the best uh, the joint best defensive record in the league they've only conceded five goals in seven games which is very impressive um they're scoring for fun. They're, they're class to watch. Yeah, like they, they, there's just a massive feel good atmosphere around that club at the minute, and yeah, it, it, that that's going to be a very good fixture. And as a lot of Liverpool fans know, they have been really grinding out results uh, uh, for the last few weeks, and Absolutely. they haven't looked haven't looked pretty. I know this will be a big big test for Liverpool. I suppose this is the first real big test for Liverpool. I know they they play Chelsea, but Chelsea aren't at their best at the moment. So I suppose this is the this is the biggest test so far of the season for Liverpool. And they haven't looked great in their last few games. Struggled massively against Sheffield at the weekend. Now, I know we, we all know what type of a team Sheffield are and they're difficult to play against and they're going to sit in at home and frustrate you. But 
they had their chances in the game. Yeah. And had they got better strikers, Liverpool could have been in trouble. 100%. Liverpool only had a clean sheet by virtue of Sheffield United not having a recognised marquee striker, and that's a fact. Exactly. And if you look back to Liverpool's last three games, we won't talk about the Carabao Cup because that was a that was a, a different 11 yeah. than you would normally see on a Liverpool side. But Sheffield, massive struggle. Before that, lost to Napoli. And before that, really struggled against Chelsea mm-hmm. and were lucky to get out of Chelsea with three points. So even though they're... They have a 100% record going back now 16 games. This looks like a proper test for them this weekend. Oh, big time. And I'm talking to, when you talk to people that it would have been Premier League fans for years and years, well, not years and years, but the last decade or 10 or 15 years, what they're saying this year about Liverpool is that they're winning ugly and they're winning. It, 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 a lot of United fans are saying it reminds them under Ferguson when they mightn't be playing the best. They might be going through rough spells, but they'd eke out those 1-0 wins or those 2-1 wins. And that's what Liverpool have done in their last two fixtures. And they've actually done since the start of the season, to be honest. Yeah. Bar was at the Burnley game. They won 3-0 at home. Yeah. That's the only real authoritative performance you've seen from Liverpool. They yeah. haven't been... Like, they the haven't reached the, the, the form they had last year. Can, even though they've... Sta- I know it sounds crazy because they're 7 out of 7, 5 points clear yeah, yeah. at the top of the Premier League. You have to think, Jesus, they, they're, they're blowing everyone out of the water. They're not. They're just not. like. Yeah, even their, when they scored four goals against Norwich, but they still looked second best yeah. in large portions of that game. Although, I will say, if for Liverpool fans, if you think back to the start of last season, all of September... Liverpool ground out victories and draws at the start of last season. They never dropped any points. So it is kind of a mirror image of last season. Um, but hopefully they just get their acting gear. Well, hopefully for me, because I'm a Liverpool fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you showed your colours there. So. Yeah. My, my, my bias is leaking out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So look, you can't hold, you can hide it in the language. And it's like, you know, that's why we, we, we're up front in, in the, with the fact that we are Liverpool fans. But like, to me now, You've had a Carabao Cup. You've had two Champions League games. You you have tough fixtures. Then like that, you're kind of grinding out results. In teams, or your team is looking a bit tired. Yeah, we we have to say we're recording this uh, podcast on Tuesday evening, so Liverpool haven't played Red Bull Salzburg yet. In case you're wondering why we haven't referenced that yeah. game, whether they won or lost, um, just because we're the, we're recording the day before, and this is a Premier League podcast, not a Champions League podcast. Exactly. Yeah. Look, look. There's plenty of them you can go and listen to if you want, but um. Look, to me, this fixture looks. I know we've said this. We 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 said it looks like a banana skin fi- fixture a few times, but this is the one. And I'm gonna put my my colours to the mast here. This is the one that Liverpool will drop points in. They're going. I I think I can see a scoring draw here. Maybe yeah. a one all draw. The only thing is, like, how long is it since Liverpool have dropped points at Anfield? I know. Oh. I know they have the 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 record gone back sixteen games and all. In, yeah. in, in away home and away. But it's even longer at Anfield. It is. It's. It's. I. I don't have it offhand, and I should have it offhand. But I think it's. You are the man with the stats. I know on. that's pathetic. I didn't need the P forty five. I need to be sacked for that. But um, <laughs> like uh, I need. I, I. I. just. I can't remember offhand. But it's a long, long time. But look, records are there to be broken. They yeah. will. It will be broken sooner rather than later. And it has to be. In yeah. fairness, I thought. I really thought Sheffield United at the weekend was going to be Liverpool's banana skin, because traditionally. Not just with Liverpool, but with any team that goes on on a, a big run like this, like City a few years ago went on an 18-game winning run. It's usually what's considered to be a minnow that is the banana skin mm. that they come across. So I was expecting it against Sheffield, and for large portions of the game, I thought, this is the one, this is where we're going to drop points here. 
But fortunately for Liverpool and Liverpool fans, they got out of it with three points. Horrible mistake for the poor Sheffield United goalkeeper Henderson. It was very, very unfortunate, wasn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. um, you felt bad for him if you weren't a Liverpool fan. Yeah, <laughs> and well, and, and even in that, you did feel bad for him because, like, it, he was just kind of wrong sided for the and it, at the very wrong time, he had, his view was just slightly obstructed, and when it got to him, just trickled through his leg, through his arms and his legs, and went just went into the net. But like, uh look, you you'd have to feel bad for him, but it's probably. It it wasn't really deserved from Liverpool, like to be honest about it. They they were really struggling well, to create uh, anything. Mean, Liverpool did create some clear cut chances, but then again, so did Sheffield United. Um, I will say though, there there seems to be, as watching as a spectator, there seems to be a weird thing that's happened since Sadio Mane lost the head with Salah for not passing. It's almost as if Salah is overcompensating now. Yeah. There was a number of times in the game and a number of times in the game the week before where Salah would normally have taken a shot but he's attempted a pass and then losing possession and i don't know maybe i'm reading too much into it but it certainly looks like that 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 little spot has affected him a little bit definitely and uh you saw him go i think his confidence isn't sky high at the minute either you saw him go through one-on-one with henderson and henderson saved it and yeah. ordinarily he'd find a way around henderson and just tap it into an open net yeah but um you're seeing i think you're seeing a, like bobby has always been a a kind of creator in chief but yeah. you saw it he himself as well he needs to be a bit more greedy i think because he laid that he laid that ball off with the, the shot that Mane hit the post with yeah correct. like he laid that he was six yards out and he laid it off i know Mane yeah. was in a slightly better position but a striker's instinct if you're six yards out you're creating a tiny bit of space and you're putting your foot through that ball as hard as you can exactly but exactly. like no he chose to lay it off so i don't know maybe Mane is selfish but you need to be as, yeah. as, as, if you want to like he he was not happy that he had to share that golden boot with Salah and Aubameyang last sure. year and he wants it on his own this year and you can see if he's in a glorious position and a player doesn't pass the ball to him fair enough he's going to be angry about it and he's justified but at the same time the rest of them can't be pandering to, to Sadio Mane and make and seeing where he is every time they have an yeah. opportunity yeah. You, you just need to they need to be a bit more ballsy and take the initiative themselves and yeah, well, it is the natural instinct of uh, of any striker to be greedy. Mm. And, and that's what makes the best strikers the best strikers, because they are greedy. But even Salah, for a long time, has had a reputation of being greedy. But that was all right, because he was scoring 30 to 40 goals yeah. a season. That greediness has to be there. And look, yes, exactly. it needs, they need to start being a bit more individualistic. And exactly. Like, they're great. They work great as a frontier. Like, you saw that. Yeah. That chance I just referenced, Firmino laying it off to Mane, who hit the post. Yeah. The three of them were almost in a line as they as they broke with Salah on Correct, the ball yeah. uh, as they as they broke forward. They tr- they work brilliantly as a unit, but at the same time, they're three individuals, but in a unit too, and they're three stri- they're three strikers that should be aiming to be hitting double digit 15, 20 goals plus a season. Exactly. So you read like the Firmino should have hit that, and the, and Salah needs to be more greedy again. That's that, that's just the end of that rant. That exactly. Now let's let's focus on Leicester for a little bit because we can't talk about Liverpool all the time. Mm. Um. Jamie Vardy, yeah, he's going on form. He's going to pose a problem, and especially if we decide to play that high line, he is looking at Liverpool at the moment, and he is licking his lips. Yeah, that, that the the high line that Liverpool have been playing, Sheffield Sheffield's players got in behind it a couple of times. It's happened numerous times this season. It's set up yeah. for Vardy. It's literally it. This is it's, Jamie Vardy territory. It is. It is. And if Allison was in goals, he's out very quick. He reacts very quickly to open play. Adrian doesn't. He's yeah. not. He's not that same kind kind of line speed. Yeah. So you will. It to me. It worries me, and that's why I am 
mm. go, uh, predicting that Leicester will score at least a goal yeah. and will force a draw. But um, it's that he's going to sit on that shoulder. He's going to break their hearts. He's going to be making lateral runs along the line. Yeah. He's going to torment the living daylights out of them. And they're well able to play the ball between the lines as well. They're going to pick passes between the defenders here and he's going to be gone in a flash. And this is this is going to be a massive ta- uh, challenge to a defence that has not looked as rock solid as it did last exactly. year. Exactly. And, uh, and the, the football that uh, Brendan Rodgers likes to play and the football he has... Uh, Leicester playing at the moment that quick passing football you can, see, of, you can already see James Madison yeah. uh, playing those little flicks in behind the line exactly to uh, and it's 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 if once they unlock that Liverpool defence nobody's catching Vardy no he has to be one of the fastest players in the Premier League even at his age he's it, getting faster really, somehow <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, and he's, he's nearly yeah. 30 like. once he's away he's scoring a goal the only thing I will say about Leicester is their defence is a little bit suspect they haven't really dealt with the loss of Harry Maguire and the rock that he was in defence for them. So I think there are opportunities for the Liverpool forwards there against that defence. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with you. But at the same time, they've only conceded five goals. So they they, they, ha- they aren't as strong personnel-wise. Yeah. But whatever system, they, they seem they, it's working. The system that they're playing is working because they, they're not conceding the goals now. They are yielding a few chances, right? And they're not as... They, they, yeah. I think the front three's pace will definitely... That'll put them under pressure. Chilwell yeah. likes to get forward too. So will that leave a hole? Yeah, you know? exactly. So, and I, I fancy any of Liverpool's forwards against Johnny Evans, to be honest. Oh, you, you'd have to. You'd have to. Yeah. Sorry, by the way, I just said Jamie Vardy's nearly 30. He wishes he's 32. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's even makes it even more perplexing with that he seems to have gained speed in the last two years. The man with the stats has resorted to Googling stats on the fly. I did no such thing. <laughs> he's such a liar. But uh, <laughs> No, I did. Absolutely. But um, yeah, like the, the, as you said, like the, the speed and Johnny, Johnny Evans, like, yeah. You're, you wouldn't be confident to him in your in your in center half so no. like the, the, the speed like this should be this has to me it just has goals written all over but how many is is the, is the key yeah. to predicting i see a draw i see a scoring draw and i pray obviously we're not even going to hide my bias here like i'm going to pray that liverpool get over it but i don't think they will i think this is going to be a real real tough fixture to a team that might be tired rolling into saturday right well give us a prediction i'm going to go two all two all yeah yeah you did a lot of this last week, 2-2, two, 3-3, two, three, three, sure, four, four, six, 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 seven, 6-7, 8-8. 2-2. 2-2. I think Liverpool will win it because they're at Anfield. Um, I think Leicester will probably score. So I'm going to go 2-1 Liverpool. 2-1, that's it. Yeah, sure. you, you'd swear you were picking something that was so different to me, like, you know, and he's, he's lambasting to me then, like... Well, I'm not picking a draw. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough, fair yeah. enough. I'd like... If we went through all the draws you picked on this podcast over the last couple of weeks, like there'd never be a win in the Premier League. Excuse me, Bournemouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd win the league with 39 points. Bournemouth, Bournemouth and West Ham, like I called it a high-scoring draw on that last week. You did. And it, I, and it I, came I, through. I said, in fairness, in fairness to Oni Maloney, I said last week that Bournemouth-West Ham was going to end 0-0. You said it was going to be a kind of a 3-3 kind of game and it finished 2-2. So, look. Your closest Clo- close enough but anyway anyway that was last week this is this is this week <laughs> yeah this is this week i've plenty of time to be wrong again now that was uh, obviously liverpool leicester it's it's the pick of the games for the weekend there's no there's no bones about it really um i suppose the 
The next best looking fixture would have to be Southampton versus Chelsea. That's only because you love Southampton. No, no, no you're joking. I have to say though, I, 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 I was, I always hated Chelsea. I, I there was something about no, <laughs> okay, seriously, seriously. I didn't see it going that way. No, no, uh, but this is a, the point I'm trying to make here is I, I really dislike Chelsea, especially during the Mourinho years when well, that wouldn't when, be hard like, when yeah. they had all the money flooding in, the whole Mourinho Rafa thing, all that sort of stuff. Mm. I, I just despise Chelsea and everything about them but for some reason <laughs> but for some reason since Lampard has taken over I've fallen in love with them I, I like the fact that he's refreshing it with youth uh, Lampard I always loved not, not, in, not in like a fanboy way but yeah. just an admiration way like I thought he, he, is, he was world class he's not an asshole which helps like yeah. I hated I didn't hate Chelsea I hated John Terry yeah. and he made me dislike Chelsea a lot yeah well but, that's, um, that's, that would have been a big point of it for me <laughs> as well yeah I wasn't a massive fan of Didier Drogba when I was younger but then I realised that he doesn't he like he actually is a very good kind hearted person he's just one of those people who's an asshole on the pitch yeah. because it works for him and it did work for him he was top class yeah. but um, like Chelsea I have no problem with but if they were like uh, if they were pushing for the the, the league like uh Liverpool yeah. were then there's a different issue but um, I don't, I don't they're, they're not maybe I, maybe it's easier to like them now because they're struggling for a year or two well I, I never obviously talked much about Lampard as a, as a person when he was a player I just knew Lampard the player mm. but since he's become a manager and I see countless interviews with him he just seems like a really nice guy he yeah. just seems like a proper decent bloke and I really like what he's trying to do with Chelsea and I really like the football they're trying to play and I've just just in my heart there's been a Chelsea renaissance that's all I have to say yeah there has a bit but look I wouldn't be a ma- massive fan of the owner to be honest in the way yeah. he, do, he does things like but listen we went down that rabbit hole before I'm no not, no no, no I'm, not gonna, I'm not going <laughs> to pay I'm not going to pay too much lip service but I wouldn't exactly be falling in love with that club either but anyway yeah. um, yeah Frank Lampard he's hard not to like and I love his post-match interviews he's very honest yeah he's very very honest and he and he's he knows the game inside out he I find himself and Wilder, uh, the Sheffield United, he's, his interviews, he he went after, we never referenced that, we should go back to that. He went after Henderson after that mistake. Like, he gave it to him, like, Jeez. you know, and, and I think, whatever, if you're doing it in the dressing room, but he did it to the media. I think he's really, he's he seems to be trying to double bluff the media he's by being it. so honest that he's not actually being honest at all. I and I just funny, I have, I have a funny feeling that it's just not going to work out for him in the end. I think he's, he's probably a little bit too honest and I think... It's gonna to get to his players. Yeah, I eventually think, he's gonna. I think he could lose the respect maybe, of a few of them. Like. Maybe in the championship he didn't get so much time in front of the camera, and he's kind of he's loving it a little bit too much, in my opinion. I I, I agree. I agree with you. I I can't imagine a lot. Of, like say a lot of the squad would have been happy with his comments about Henderson. You don't air your dirty laundry in public, exactly. Do you yeah. know, and he did that. Yeah. Maybe he thinks he's being a breath of fresh air and frank and open, and that the fans will like him for being so honest. Now, like, fine if you think that's the way it works, but. You could end up losing some of your squad, like yeah. you know, they they could end up going. Look, keep it in the family here, cop on a bit, and just yeah. stop stop going to town on us in the media, you know, because they're seeing that then that, that night a match of the day or whatever. They put they won't have seen the interview live. They exactly. might go home and watch that match of the day. Uh, Henderson, Dean Henderson, could be watching that and going, "What the hell? What yeah. is he? <laughs> Do you yeah, know, like he made a, one mistake and he's been very very good for Sheffield United. That exactly. point has to be made as well. He's been very good for them, like." Yeah, he has absolutely, and I I know they were saying in commentary during the game that he he would be devastated by the mistake. He sees himself as a, a future England number one, mm. and and good goalkeepers have that confidence. And fair play to the young lad for having that confidence. Yeah. So there's no one who would be more devastated by his mistake than he was. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. There's no 
like a manager in any position in business in football in any sport you don't knock someone's confidence like that yeah. over over a mistake that's not how you handle a mistake you don't publicly lambaste a member of your staff a member of your team for making for human error yeah you know, there are times I think when you need to put the arm around someone, and there are times you need to give him a kick up the arse. Yeah, and he t- he chose the wrong option there. I feel. But if you're going to give someone a kick up the arse, you do it privately. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a valid point. You know, as well. you, you don't do it on public television. Anyway, we're getting way off the point. Yeah, we're but, supposed to be talking about Southampton. Yeah, but Chelsea. Fr- yeah, but Frank Lampard. Yeah, he, yeah, he's he's been very open, and I think I can't see too many people bar Chelsea's rivals and rival fans can have a problem with him he's obviously come in he's been handcuffed with all the situations with Chelsea we've gone into yeah. that before but um, he's done a great job he's having faith in the youth he's trying, trying to replenish the squad and it's it, like it's it's working to an extent yeah like but um, like it, it, there's a feel good it's going to end that feel good feeling is going to end they're eventually just going to start wanting results week in week out that grace is going to be event. that period of grace is going to be over and it's going to be a case of why aren't we winning it every week or close to every week but I, I definitely think at this point they have turned a corner Um, I think I made the point last week on the podcast that we can't really judge Chelsea or Frank Lampard on the few, first few weeks of the season simply because the squad he had Mm. And the defensive um, injuries he had, yeah. But since he started to get his his what you'd consider his first team defenders back, results have changed. They did very well against Liverpool, were unlucky to lose, yeah. And then got their first home win. Then got their first first home win in the Premier League. Well, they got one in the cup before that. Oh, the, sure. In the Carabao Cup, and then they got the first Premier League home win against against Brighton, and. If you look at the back four he started against Brighton, it was Aspilicueta, Christensen, Tamori, and Alonso. Mm. You know, that that's... More like what you're going to see, yeah. That's more uh, top of the Premier League type back four than yeah. you've seen from him in the first few games. They kept a clean sheet as well, which was massive. I know it's against Brighton, and Brighton are probably struggling a little bit, but I definitely think Chelsea are turning a corner, and I think they're a team to be feared going forward. Yeah, I, I, I would agree to an extent, but... um. I wouldn't be as effervescent now is a lovely word you could use about <laughs> Chelsea, about Chelsea's like maybe top six hopes. Uh, I think they're going to hit a lot of stumbling blocks this season. A lot of inexperienced players and you need experience to kind of get out of trouble at times. And I'm not sure they have that if their backs are to the wall and they maybe hit another run of yeah. draws at home and things like that. It might just go a bit small, bit sour, but I, I don't see it in the long run being a terrible project for Lampard at all yeah, yeah. but um, I just this season I think if they could get top six he'll be I think he'll be happy Champions League be brilliant for that club but I just don't I don't my, me personally I don't see that happening this I season think, I think they're a ways off Champions League but I definitely think they're a contender for the top six mm. especially now that they're starting to get players back the only worrying thing is and I know I harp on about him every, probably every week it's Conte didn't play against Brighton he didn't mm. start against Brighton he's so, still fully clearly not right he came back for the Liverpool right. game yeah. and he, we saw the difference he made but no but I think, not right I think the circumstances in the Liverpool game where they Chelsea lost two defenders early through in, yeah. injury and then there was a third player went off through injury. It meant that Kante had to play the full 90 minutes, which he, pro- he wasn't expected to play. Mm-hmm. And it probably was too much for him coming back from that injury. And then he didn't feature against, a fixture against, feature against Brighton. <laughs> but, you know, probably a team like Chelsea, they, if there's a game they can afford to leave out players like Kante, it's, it's against Brighton. Mm-hmm. But anyway, 
they're going to the south coast of the weekend. They're playing Southampton at St. Mary's. Yeah. Um, I don't think they'll fear this fixture, to be honest. I, I don't think so. I, 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 I think, I think this is a good fixture for, for Chelsea. As, the, as their confidence is starting to grow, I think this is a good fixture for them. Absolutely. I think it's a good fixture as well to try and get two uh, clean sheets in a row with, yeah. uh, for a back four that needs to needs a bit of confidence, needs a run, a run of clean sheets. Um, and the goals, like, I know they have Nathan Redmond back now. Yeah. But, Jesus, like, you saw you saw the goal they got there against uh, uh, Spurs at the week, uh, yeah. to Southampton. It was an absolute gift other than that. Yeah. Like, I think they had one or two other chances, but nothing major bar that. And yeah. I can see it being similar enough. They're going to, Southampton are going to struggle. To, they're, they're play lovely football and, and all, all well and good. But if you ain't putting them in the back of the net, it doesn't count for a thing. Yeah. It doesn't I mean, count for a thing. So, Southampton were, had a, a one man advantage for an hour of that game against mm. Spurs. So, Spurs went down to 10 men in the 30th minute, I think it was. The, well, the yeah, 31st. 31st minute. Yeah. And which gave. Southampton an hour to pull the game back and to get a winner. They were one nil down when the, when the red card happened, and they didn't even come close. No, yeah, so Spurs dominated. I have to yeah. say now that was a, it was a very good performance from Spurs. It was Spurs completely dominated with a, with a manic with a man less, and yeah, Southampton I mean, never if, really. If you're a Southampton fan, you have to be very worried about because if you think about it, Southampton are a team that would consider themselves to be in around the top six, seven in the Premier League. They ain't, <laughs> and, and if Spurs are. Fourth, fifth in the Premier League, and they they give you a one man advantage mm. for for an hour. You would hope to be. You would. You would hope to, to beat them. Like you'd have to be getting a point. You have to be. Ho- you'd be ho- hoping for a result. But I, I, in my estimation of Southampton so far, you probably have the top six, even though they're humming and hawing, drawn with each other as we saw last night, and they're, dro- they're dropping points left, right, and center. Um, I still see the top six clear. I have Everton and I, I with Leicester now are probably catapulted themselves into that argument. Mm. I, I have uh, West Ham and just below that again. Yeah. And then I'd have Everton and Southampton on a kind of, now Everton would want to right their wrongs. We'll talk about them later on. But um, I, I just see Southampton maybe ta- mid table and that's it. That's yeah. it. That, that, that's, that's where I'm seeing it. And the, in relation to this weekend, like Chelsea are scoring, like Tammy Abraham didn't score at the weekend, but geez, he did everything but score. He yeah. hit the post, he created a rake of chances. He was very unlucky. He didn't. He could have had a hat trick. I think he hit the post twice. Yeah, he, to, yeah, and, did he hit and, it twice? And, yeah, and, and, and they were like very unfortunate. It wasn't like he scuffed it. They were really good oh, shots that came off the post. The header there. off the inside the post, sure, he was very unlucky. I don't yeah, know how yeah. it didn't go in, but um, look, um, th- this Chelsea team going forward are very good. We saw that against Liverpool, like league leaders. So for a lot of the time, they had Liverpool on the rack. Yeah. So I think they're going to put this Southampton under fierce pressure. Southampton will counter with speed, but they don't have a, an end product that is to be feared. The and I, is, they're, they're, Southampton really need to go out in January and get themselves a good striker. Because, be because in fairness to them, they have a decent enough squad and they play decent enough football, but they just don't have anyone to finish no. at, at the top of the pitch. Um, I'm sure they were hoping Danny Ings was going to be that guy, but he's just not, not. He's not producing enough. Shane Long, Ah, sure we know it's a long time out. since Shane Long was a was a goal a week striker. Mm-hmm. It's if he, it, if he, he wasn't, was, he wasn't. Was. He might have got you two or three a month, and yeah. he was grand there to come off the bench or to play supplementary to someone else and break his. You know what's work? He work great. He'll do that for you, and he's very very fast. Yeah, but he's not an instinctual killer. He's not. He's not a great finisher. No, and like you, if you're relying on him, you're in trouble from the get go. Like. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's make a call on this and uh, make an old prediction. Um. I'm going to go Chelsea to win to nil, 2-0. Nil. 
I think I think they'll win this comfortably enough, even being away from home. We've seen Southampton give some big teams games. Uh, we saw it with United. We saw it with Liverpool. They gave Liverpool a, a good game. But um, I don't know. I think the, the kind of luster has kind of gone off Southampton a small bit and they just don't create enough. They don't score enough goals. So it's yeah. as simple as that. I just see Chelsea winning this. They're, they're, they're going well at the minute. And Chelsea to win 2-0. Yeah, I pretty much bang on agree with you. I'm going to go with Chelsea 2-0 as well. Well, you folks, you know what to do. Go out and back Southampton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, we, we mentioned Everton there earlier on, so uh, I suppose we'll move on to their game next. They're, they're away to Burnley this weekend, and things are weren't all looking very rosy in the garden for Everton. Although, even though they lost 3-1, they put in a stellar performance mm. for the best part of 60 minutes against the Manchester City. I was about to say the league leaders. It's that's that's. It's almost like an auto an autopilot button. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. know it's okay. But um, yeah, I, I like they. City obviously got the early goal. Um, Everton pulled it back to one one, and for a large portion of the game after that, it looked like Everton were going to go on and make it two one. Mares got very lucky with a free kick. Mm-hmm. Pickford should have saved it. He should have, yeah. Pickford now for him, man, if uh, goalie of his quality, he will be upset with himself. Yeah, like beaten at the near side, and it wasn't as if it was traveling a million miles an hour. Either. No, no, the keeper gave him that one. Yeah. But I, once Everton then went down to two one, their confidence just kind of fell apart, and mm. it, it became easy for City. But I will say, for an a side, a side that has performed so poorly up until that game, they were they were quite good. Like we both sat here last week and said that Marco Silva would be sacked before or straight after that City game. He's still there. And I think after that City game, he probably deserves to be there. If he can keep getting performances like that out of his side, then, you know, maybe it's not all doom doom and gloom with everything. Maybe not. Look, moral victories only get you so far as well. I know, like, they they put in a good shift and they did. They they performed well. But we're seeing teams perform a bit better now against this weakened back four of City. They're getting at them a bit more. So maybe you have to take what you're seeing for, for, from teams against City in the last couple of weeks with a pinch of salt. Yeah, so well, like if Norwich go, go if Norwich can go and beat City, like there's no reason anyone else can't raise a gallop. I know that that, that was probably a poor performance from City, but at the same time, like you're, you're not, like bar the 8-0, you're not seeing City in complete control of games. You're still, annoyingly, you're still seeing teams concede early goals against City and that's giving them a head start that often they can get their tails up and then go and eviscerate teams. But, when that doesn't happen, you're starting to see that they can be got at. Yeah. And Everton did that well and fair play to them. But I'd have Everton and Aston Villa kind of in the same category now where moral victories are starting to become very, very meaningless. Yeah. Like, Villa, same thing with Villa. They need to start get putting points on the board now. Like, you can go out and you can get your, oh yeah, you performed well against a big team or whatever. So what? Like, if, you, if, yeah. you're, if you're getting no points, if you're getting no points, I know it's City and you have to take it with a pinch of salt, they are a very, very good side. But at the same time, look, that counts for nothing in the end. It, it really doesn't. And look, you have to take the Roy Keane angle on this one. Yeah. The everything really needs to start performing. Needs to start performing today. Uh, when you're a, you're a struggling team that needs a performance, the last place you want to be going is Turf Moor. Oh, jeez, yeah. They'll strangle the life out of them. Like, yeah. And, uh, I just, oh, as an Everton fan, it's just when you just death, you're just hoping you see a Watford coming up soon. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. hoping you, you're hoping you're welcoming Brighton to to Goodison Park soon. But going to going to Turf Moor 
is just not one you want. It's just a gritty, they're, they're really grinding out results. Like, they were lucky, you know, I, I reckon last weekend to draw with Villa, but um, they just seem to grind out results, find ways yeah. of getting results. And um, like this, this one will be, uh, if, if everything can go and earn three points, by God, they'll know they've earned it. Yeah, absolutely. I was quite surprised at the the, the Villa result. I, I, I know I, I said in last week's podcast when we previewed the, the Villa-Burnley game that they were two ridiculously similar teams and yeah. if the players swapped jerseys, yeah. you probably wouldn't notice. But I didn't, I didn't expect it to be so similar that it would finish 2-2. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I thought Burnley would have had just that little bit more than Villa and, and be able to, to take three points from there. But I think definitely at Turf Moor, it's, it's, it's a horrible prospect for Everton going there. It's a horrible prospect for any team going there. Never yeah. mind, never mind a, a team that's low on confidence. Yeah, um, Everton, no, they, they need to score here. Is what, I, whatever, if they get a point, all, no, they need to score. They need, yeah. to, they need to get a feel-good factor up and they need to get, they need three points to be honest about it. Like They're also an, another team that is really struggling for goals. Yeah, big time, big uh, time. Uh, He's moved Richarlison out to the wing since he's come, since mm. Silva has since he's come in, which I just find is a, is a very strange thing to do for someone who was scoring so many goals yeah. from the center. I was just going to say I think he needs to play behind the striker. I think that's where he's he's plays at his best to yeah. be honest. And I was expecting fairly. I was keen on Richarlison this year. I was expecting fairly big things from him, and he just hasn't performed yet. He hasn't done it at all. Like. The new the new additions aren't doing much. Alex Awobi, I thought, was a strange acquisition in the first place. Yeah. And it just doesn't seem to be working out. Um was Akeen maybe taking time to settle in. He's very young. He's it's a it's a new experience, a new league for him. Um Calvin Lewin as well. Calvin Lewin, why, why in fairness, he 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 scored and he um in fairness he nicked it off Seamus Coleman is what he did. He but did, uh, <laughs> absolutely. That was it was Coleman's goal. Yeah, it, yeah. Completely was. And you could see Coleman's reaction afterwards he, <laughs> he was not happy that no. goal was taken off and to be fair it could have been taken off Everton altogether because yeah. I'm not sure that Calvert-Lewin was even on side for that goal yeah that would have been there would have been holy war if, if that had occurred but um, he hums and he haws Calvert-Lewin he's not I, one to be I, re- he, to I, relying on I think he's still young and he is and he's a lot of pressure on him it's a lot of pressure to be the number one striker for, for, a, for a Premier League side um, I think that they should really should look at putting Richardson in there either to help him out or instead of him. I, I don't understand why he wouldn't put Calvert-Lewin wider and leave Richardson in the middle. Like Richardson has proved at Everton that he can score goals. Oh, you can, yeah, you can. Yeah, and I'd, I'd agree with you. I'd actually, I'd agree with that point completely. Yeah. That that might be something they look at, but... Also, you can see, maybe it's just me, but I, can, I think I can see from Richardson's demeanour, he's not happy. He's not mm. happy that he's been... He, he, he looks cranky, doesn't he? he? He looks like the type of guy who, who, like we said earlier on about the Liverpool strikers, he's greedy for goals. Mm. And he's been put in a position where he's not getting them anymore. And he's not in the headlines anymore. And I just think he, he he's not happy there. And I think they it's something that Silva should... I, I don't understand why he's not looking at it. Like, you have someone who has a proven goal-scoring record. A proven, almost weekly goal-scoring record. And you decide to take him away from the front of the goal and put in a youngster with no, with very little or no experience, but who maybe has high hopes. But you, you, you can't win games with high hopes. No, you can't. And they want they need to start winning games asap. I suppose we look. We better make a prediction here. This will be a twenty-seven hour podcast. Um, oh, this is uh 
Do you know what? I'm going to make a leap of faith here because I don't think Everton are as bad as they've shown and they did show a tiny little bit against City All that, as I said, moral victories are just not, not they don't cut it. Yeah. But uh, I'll go with uh, Everton to nick this one, 1-0. I think Burnley, they're, 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 they're miserable and the, the way they set up is hard, hard to play against, but they're not as impenetrable as they were two seasons ago, yeah. but they're not as bad as they showed last season either. And... Um, I can see I can see Everton just about having enough and I think to, as I said earlier Villa should have beaten Burnley they were unlucky again Villa I'd say Villa just can't believe what they they just don't know what to do to get a break to get yeah. three points yeah. but um, I, 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 I do I do think Everton should have enough and if they don't it has to be a curtains for Silva even yeah. though I know we've, we've predicted this for weeks and it's like we're the doomsday naysayers but uh, look I just I, I just I just don't see Bar- like Bar the outlets that they have up front for Burnley Woods and Barnes they don't really create too much and like you kind of know what you're getting yeah. if you can, if you can't plan for and at least put serious pressure on on, on that yeah um then Everton are going at they'll be at nothing this season so I'm going to go for a long-winded prediction of Everton 1-0 yeah this kind of smacks of a nil-nil to me now I said that about I said that about another game last week and it ended up 2-2 but <laughs> I just I just don't really see where the goals are coming from in this game Nah, same. That's that's yeah. my that's my issue. I, I fancy Everton slightly more to score than I would Burnley, but only marginally. Like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with nil nil on this one. Okay, we'll move on then to uh, Newcastle United versus Manchester United, the battle of the Uniteds. This is a team that looked completely abject and useless at the weekend. Which one are you talking about? Versus Newcastle <laughs> United. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have to get it in. We no, have to get no, it in. Sorry, 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 sorry. That's, that's the Liverpool fan coming out of me. So no. what? So what? It's all a bit of crack. New, Newcastle looked brutal at the weekend. Oh, that Absolutely was... Absolutely terrible. As we were just saying before we came on air, like, God help us. Like, it should have been 5-0 at half time, not to yeah. mind 5-0. Like, it was only Leicester went inches a couple of times from scoring yeah. and when the red card came and it was a dirty dirty tackle from Isaac Hayden yeah. I don't know what he was doing remonstrating and giving out and maybe he thought he was just playing the part and if he appealed he might get it reduced or something he did win the ball but geez, he nearly snapped the leg in half he was very lucky not to if the ankle I can't remember for a lo- who I can't remember who the tackle was on and it's, it's annoying me now but the ankle slightly just bent and it slid if yep. the ankle had dug into the ground, that leg was snapped in half, and that was that. His leg was broken. So he was very lucky not to break the leg. I, again, it's slipping my mind. It's driving me mad who he put the tackle in on. But um, it was filthy. And once they went down to 10 men, that was curtains. You Like, they were already on the ropes at that. St- <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I'm dying again. It was a, the tackle was a, a knee-high tackle on Dennis Pryor, by the way. Yeah, thank you very much for that. Um, definitely didn't Google that either. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was vile. And once that happened, once that came, they were already on the racks anyway. So like they were doomed at that stage and you knew it. And my God, 5-0 was, it's paying a compliment to Newcastle. The one compliment you have to pay them is their fans. They yeah. were very, very good all the way to the end. They, those fans don't deserve what's going on at that club and you have to feel very sorry for them. Barred a couple of Newcastle fans I know because they're miserable. So, <laughs> so I'm delighted for them. But otherwise... um. No, in fairness, all jokes aside, Newcastle fans are top class. It's a very big club and it's being treated rotten by a lot of members of that club. And, yeah. and not just Mike Ashley. It's a joke at this stage. Now, it has to change. And 
I was talking to a very passionate Newcastle fan during the game on Sunday and he was cheering for Leicester. He wanted it to be as bad as possible to just get this over and done with as quickly as possible, whether it means championship, but it doesn't care. He just wants ownership change and for Newcastle to be able to rebuild again. That club have been in purgatory for years and have had their been strangled by the nuts for years. Yeah. With promises of this, promises of that, nothing has happened. They've just stagnated. They now have Steve Bruce's manager who's out of ideas. He's an old style manager. He's not fit for the Premier League in this day and age. I don't care what anyone says. And it's just a sorry state. They have Matt Ritchie out for two months. They're going to be missing Isaac Hayden now. Like they, they just have they've like Jolinton looks like he's a flop after spending the money on him, to be honest, as well. Like just nothing is going right for that club. Jesus, Andy Carroll seems to be the, the, the person they're looking for for a bit of solace. Am I losing my mind here or things are just gone so bad? And yeah, yeah. I mean, Andy Carroll hasn't been a top class. He, I don't know if he was ever a top class number nine, but he hasn't been at his peak since Newcastle were last in the championship. No, he hasn't. No, at all. I don't. I, he's certainly not the man to get them out of trouble. Jolinton, apart from his goal on the opening day of the season, has done... No, oh, no, he scored against Spurs. That was the only goal he's. I think he scored. Sorry, that was, yeah, uh, the, the, the goal against Spurs. Yeah. The goal I'm talking about it was a lovely touch and lovely finish. Mm. We thought he had something about him when he scored that goal. He probably does, but I think things are just so bad at Newcastle. Yeah. Everybody looks terrible. Yeah, one hundred percent. So, <laughs> in saying all that, <laughs> they're welcoming a, a team, a, a team with um, not quite as much trouble as them. But they're not a team not in a great place at the moment. No, they're not. No, they're probably, from a fan's perspective, just as frustrated because they're just not getting enough out of what, what they have. Maybe yeah. when you're looking at the squad, though, it's kind of, I was looking at the team at the, uh, that played Arsenal last night and I just looked and I thought, you know what? That's bang average. Yeah. No one Bissaka there. Uh, two, what's it? Two and Zibi? I, I, I can't pronounce that name. That, yeah. Like, Nah, not for me. Um, Pereira, fair, not for me. Lingard, we all know, not for any of us. Yeah, like the young lad, the young lad too, and ZB, He had, um, he he did a couple of promising things throughout the game. He had a couple of nice touches. There was a, a ball over the top for that. I think Aubameyang was running through on, and the the young lad had a, a lovely touch, took it around. Maybe I'm quick to judgment with him. He's young, like, and, but and cleared it off. But in saying that, he's not like when you're if you're a United fan and you're looking at that team lineup, you, you don't want to be seen. Well, was it? He's 18, 19. You don't want an 18 year old unknown guy starting you yeah. because the player you just bought, Juan Basaka, who you're pinning a lot of your hopes on at the back, is out sick. Harry Maguire, the big money signing. Can he, we have a chat about that, actually? I know I'm, I'm not even going to mention the Liverpool centre half that people keep comparing him to, so we're not going to do that. No, but just for the value himself. Obviously, now it's kind of transpired. It's only, he's only seven games in his Premier League career with Man United, but. I, I he looks a bit of a bust to me. I, I don't know if he's a bust. I think I still think he's an excellent defender. But I just think Victor Lindelof is a very poor defender. Mm. And a lot of times, very good defenders can be brought down by having a poor partner. I think Lindelof re- reads the game well and he can position himself well at times. But I think when it comes to the cut and trust of the Premier League, He's the, a bit phys- the physicality of it, he's a bit lacking. Yeah. Um, I think too much, a lot has been put on Harry Maguire's shoulders. I think he, he's he got lazy Paul Pogba in front of him. I think I see Maguire kind of doing things a lot like 
wandering out of the fence with the ball and stuff like that. We're trying to create chances for the team, even though he's a central defender. Yeah. Because he, he's, I, I suppose he wants to live up to his price tag, and he, he doesn't want, he obviously doesn't want to be on a losing team, but he can't win the games himself. He's a defender. He's there to stop the ball going in the net. Only for himself and De Gea on Monday night against Arsenal, they could have lost four or five, four or five one. Mm. The, the the goal they got, United got, was a good goal. Yeah. It was an ex, It was it was a quality finish from McTominay. Yeah, put 100%. them put them one nil. And it was just before half time, and it looked like they were going to get the win. But the Arsenal side that came out in the second half were just. They should have, in fairness, Arsenal had to have left that game very disappointed. They didn't get three they points. Keep, Arsenal keep doing that. Like, I don't know whether it's me or, or what, but I keep seeing Arsenal perform unreal for 45 minutes and terrible for another 45. I, I, I tell you who I think is a bust. Who? After we, we were waxing lyrical about him at the start of the season, Pepe. Mm, I'm, I, won't, I won't jump in that bandwagon yet. Go on, give me. I just thought he looked very poor against United. He looked. He looked. Kind of a yard off the pace. To, I don't know if he's happy that he's been played out in the wing. Kind of a bit like the... Sure, he must have expected that when it, like when he looks at, it, at Lacazette and Aubameyang. He has to think, geez, I'm going to be playing around these two. Yeah, like. yeah. I just don't know. He just looked... <coughs> Excuse me. Like, I seen him against Liverpool a few weeks ago and, and he gave uh, he gave Van Dijk a, a torrid time. Mm. He didn't really do that against United. And, like, United is, is the type of game where he, you'd expect he'd have more chances to do that sort of thing. You know, and I, I, I suppose it's hard to judge someone this early into their Premier League uh, career, and I, it's it's hard to judge. We talk about a lot of new signings not doing so well, but this is the kind of time eight weeks into the into the Premier League season when the new signings that have come in from other leagues they're kind of down off the high that you know the first few weeks where they really want to impress the fans and stuff like that, and they're kind of settling in. And sometimes there there is a kind of a dip around September, October for new signings, and then they kind of lift and pick up, pick up for the rest of the season. So it's hard to really make a call. But I just think the last few games for Arsenal, Pepe has kind of been a little bit anonymous mm. compared to what he was earlier on in the season. Be interesting to see. I just think they're very uh, un. I know we are, we know they're unpredictable, like but like against Watford, two 0 up and clung by their fingernails on for a draw. Yeah. 2-0 two, two down against Spurs and left the result after them. Yeah. Didn't play great in the first half against United, then come out, batter United and should should have won, but yeah. not, not get the result. Like, this, it just seems that from one minute to the next, you don't know what you're getting for, for Arsenal, but when they turn it on, they look very good, to be fair, but when they are off, they're off, like. Yeah, I, it's, they're, they're so unpredictable, it, it's funny, like. Um, I think they really need to get a few wins on the board because and try and get the confidence up. I think Emery's body language on the on the sidelines against United, he he looks so frustrated with his players. Like there were there was there was silly things happening, passes going astray that shouldn't have gone astray and chances that they did like I said they 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 would have left that game really disappointed they didn't leave with three points. But it was their own doing. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. It wasn't mm-hmm. that United made last ditch saves. United or De Gea made a few saves, but there was just some silly mistakes by Arsenal when they were in key key attacks at the key moments in the game where they could have killed the game off. They could have got the three points, and they just there's something there that's just not clicking with the team. Mm. I'm not entirely well. Obviously, we spoke at length about Luis and Socrates. Their bananas. Socrates was at it again against United. 
I can't remember what he did, but I just remember going, oh, here we go again. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's, he's fully nuts, yeah. for, for sure. But um, look, we'll get back to the topic here. You're Man United. And United, like, sure, look, United want to be beating Newcastle now at this stage. Yeah. Like, if they don't... Sorry, I, I wandered off on a big one. No, you're grand, but we Arsenal were, and we weren't even talking about I think Arsenal. if people listen to this podcast, no, look, they know full well what they're going to get. They're yeah. going to get a bit of madness here and there. Unfortunately, by the way, the butter knife has been removed from our luxurious studio, so I am... Um, if if I don't if I don't if you're not feeling the same mojo from me this week, that's why he took away my special powers. It's like Achilles Achilles heel. So um, I've no butter knife to remonstrate with. So yeah, I didn't quite take away his special powers. Somebody just cleaned the room. Yeah, well, <laughs> that, that, that shouldn't happen. Okay, no, but um, anyway, like this is a great fixture for United at a great time. They need three points badly, and they should be getting it. If they don't get it, then serious. Like obviously, more serious questions are already being asked in in the background of Man United, yeah. but ever more serious questions are going to be asked if they can't get three points against probably they themselves and Watford are having a they're actually having a good go at each other to be the most hopeless team in the Premier League at the minute yeah and uh they're neck and neck so I think this is a great timing for United they should be winning this like yeah. if they're not it's all the same I, I worry about um United's ability to get goals at the moment I know McTominay scored a nice goal, but you can't you can't rely on your mid screamers. <laughs> you can't rely on screamers every week. Rashford looks looks very poor at the moment. Um, halfway through the Arsenal game, he had to be moved out to the wing because he just wasn't really performing. I don't know what the injury status is on on Martial. Martial will start, but we must clarify that Martial will start when he's fit. Like, oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah I think he he he's the nailed on number nine, especially with the form that Rashford has shown in the mm-hmm. last few games. He looks like he's devoid of confidence. He's probably carrying a little bit of a knock because he went off in the previous fixture. Mm. Newcastle's the place to be going if you're a team in trouble. Oh, one hundred percent. Jesus, there 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 are endless opportunities for goals against Newcastle. And there are endless opportunities for United to take three points out of this. I think United could go out and have a Derby County style piss up. Um, they could bring Richard Kyo after his ACL and play him up front, and they'd still beat Newcastle. That's how bad things are in Newcastle now at the minute. If anyone is has been living under a rock there for the last few weeks, and you don't know what I'm referencing about Derby County, just Google Derby County drink list and you'll know what i'm on about we are in absolutely no way or form advocating drink driving no no the exact opposite actually this exact opposite. this is an advert for not being an idiot and doing it but anyway um basically this is perfect for man united and i think we've paid this enough lip service it, to me like united have to be winning this game and if they're not you could start seeing proper questions that aren't going yeah. away about Oli and about moving on quickly yeah I'm, go- I'm gonna go United 3-0 on this one I'll go United 3-0 as well just to just to give you a bit of a jinx because that's exactly what I think as well to be honest right well the next the next game we're going to talk about um we'll talk about this game a little bit and then we'll as we normally do we'll quick take, fire baby we'll, we'll take a little break and then we'll do kind of a quick rattle through the rest of the games so we're going to talk about City Wolves now we we haven't really talked about City a lot on this podcast because there's just a general assumption every week that they're just going to go out and beat whoever they're playing. Yeah. And it, it, in the most part, it's a fair assumption. Yeah. Although, there are some frailties starting to show at, at City. Yeah. They oh, have because... some serious defensive problems. And Norwich exposed them massively. And Everton came very close to exposing them. So... I know this this game is at the city of Manchester Stadium, and there's probably 
I would say it's nearly 5,000 to 1 that Wolves are going, <laughs> are going to get a result out of it. But if, if you're ever going to get a result out of Manchester City, this this is this is the time to be doing it. Absolutely. Uh, we, we, as we're talking here on Tuesday evening, De Bruyne didn't train and he isn't playing in the Champions League tonight. So that's a, a, another worry for them as well because he's been incredible at the start of the season. He's absolutely outstanding. Scored, I think, two or three goals, has created double that. Um, just just looked menacing. Some of the balls he's played into the box would just make you weep. They're so perfect. He has just been on it. And um if he he's he's been a, he's been probably the primary link and creator for them this season so far. So if he's gone as well as when John Stones and uh Laporte probably their two starting centre halves uh been in, in injured. Not yeah. not ideal. Uh, they, they, they were never really massively rock solid at the back. Laporte was their be- is their best centre half. Him yeah. being out for a prolonged period of time weakens that. Now they have their probable creator and chief this season out. Not ideal. So yeah. as we said, look, Jesus, you are expecting City to win this game, but look, it gives Wolves, as you said, maybe that one in three thousand chance to yeah, get yeah, to get exactly. a draw you know and even at fullback i, I think shinchenzo or zinchenko zinchenko and walker are very suspect do you think well, defensively or defensively, i think zinchenko is class going forward but as he, he oh, is yeah. he is a, he is a defender at the end of the day yeah, yeah exactly but i think he's he's pretty suspect at defending he, mm. he's gone off for loads going forward and city have always done that even going back to color off and zabaleta they 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 have they like defenders that do attack don't necessarily defend very much yeah yeah um but i think the point i'm making here is their back four is the weakest it has been for a very very long time Uh, absolutely and they have liverpool coming up in a few weeks as well yeah so um, a lot of liverpool fans are going to be hoping that that back four stays the same and it gives them more of a shout but um, um, no yeah sure everyone will be back and they'll be flying fish you you know that laporte and stones will be starting yeah and they'll be as fit as they ever are (laughs) yeah (laughs) but um in relation to this fixture, I know it's it's boring. Like if as a, as listening to this, you're just going, yeah, come on and say it. City are going to win. City are going to win. Like you yeah. know, well that yeah. that's my prediction. They'll win. They'll win a, by a couple of goals. They'll win two nil. But you know, look, you just have to give it that little bit of kudos. That look, they're not a hundred percent at the back, and they could get caught. But yeah. look, Wolves are in eighteenth or nineteenth, wherever they are at the minute. I can't remember offhand. They're they're in the bottom fifth of the league anyway. Put it that way. Yeah. They they just. Ha- the amount of games they had from Europa League and that seems to have caught up with their squad, and they they won. If I'm not, they won two 0 last week, didn't yeah. they against Watford? Yeah. So well, obviously easy pickings there, but um, you 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 can't say that. I think that's exactly a massive sign of the form they're in. Yeah, they're, I think late Orient would beat them two 0 Like yeah, so, Wolves are in thirteenth at the moment, only on vir- a, virtue of the fact that they beat Wolves and the other teams in around the bottom. Uh, yeah, I was just going to I was going to say there's definitely not uh there's not a massive um. There wouldn't be a massive amount of points between them and 18. Exactly, yeah, yeah. But um, like, you you'd have to be fancying City here if it, it'll take a Norwich esque upset to do it, and especially at home for I, City. I, I don't, just don't see, see it. I don't see it happening at the City or Manchester Stadium. I think this is going to be another Manchester City goal fest. I don't think it's going to be at the level of the eight nil against Watford, but I think it's easily going to be half that, and I'd say it's going to be four nil to City. I mean, three nil just to be different this time. Yeah, but it's a. Let's just say it's a walk in the park for City this weekend. Yeah, and on that very depressing note, (laughs) we're going to take a little break, and then we'll come back and talk about the rest of the games. Yeah, welcome back. 
we just realized that the first half of the podcast was an hour long. Yeah, so we really apologize for ranting and raving for an hour. Absolutely apologize about that. And if you're still listening to us, thank you very much for putting up with our waffle for an hour. How dare you? We give insightful, interesting information about the upcoming Premier League fixtures. So don't you dare shit on our podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. Well... Yeah, you, so you should be still here for after an hour. Yeah, so you should is right. Uh, no, but no, in all seriousness, look, we'll rattle through the next few fixtures because exactly. we realise you have lives. So, so what we're going to do, because we try and we have a target to keep this podcast between 45 minutes and an hour. And for some reason, it's been growing every week. And the last week's was an hour and 20 minutes. We're already an hour, over an hour this week. And we understand that people have lives yeah. and they need to just get their Premier League preview information, move on. Go to talk to their friends in the in the pub or in work and regurgitate what we say and sound like experts. But they absolutely won't be experts. But anyway, look. No, if, 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 we'll judging by the predictions we've made on our previous podcast, <laughs> <laughs> there ain't no experts around here. <laughs> well, look, we, we'll drive it on anyway and we'll, we'll, we'll get through them as quickly as we can. Well, not without without get, paying them a disservice either. either like we, we'll have exactly. to. We're, we're more or less just going to call uh, matchups and results predictions unless there's something really important to be talk talk about i will mention just before we go on i just want to talk, mention visit our website plpreview.com do that's where you'll get all our podcasts and all our download information all our subscribe information send us a message join our newsletter and yeah plpreview.com yeah we'll hunt you down if you don't so yeah we will Sorry, I, I sound really rushed now because I realised the podcast was going on so long nah, yeah. i just slow down yeah, and nice back. and relaxed good go, go back go back into Good night, radio. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's not be, uh, let's not actually scare the people away with your perverted voice. This is the slow groove. <laughs> the erection do you ever, do you ever, now just going off on a tangent, do you ever wonder what the, those lads just look like? You know, just, <laughs> they must look like the strangest people. Yeah, around. Alan Partridge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. Yeah. But anyway, football. Anyway, football, football, football. Brighton Spurs. What do you think about this one? Spurs, because Brighton can't defend and they can't score either. Spurs are put in a great shift last week, winning two one against Southampton, despite uh, with Sergio just being stupid. Mental. Yeah, so he got himself sent off after half an hour, put them the team under pressure, but they were they quit themselves very well. They yeah. were they were very good for that hour with t- with ten men and. Um, I just see nothing but a Spurs win here. Brighton are bad. They will be relegated, I reckon. And uh, this is another opportunity for Spurs to to kind of put distance between themselves and all the other floundering teams. Yeah, I think Brighton uh, signed their relegation papers last year when they sacked Chris Hewton. Yeah, and they deserve it. And they deserve it. And I think, as far as I know, Shane Duffy's injured and he's probably their he only, only decent player. So I think Spurs are going to win this 2-0. Yeah, I agree with you. Spurs 2 or 3 nil handy. And as we said, Brighton have nothing really to offer in... In, in any way, shape or form for me. Like they're, they're, they'll they'll get their draws here and there, they'll get their wins here and there, but they won't do it against the big teams. They won't do it against Spurs. So couldn't agree more. Um let's move on to the next fixture, Norwich Villa. Oh jeez. Two Villa. of the two of the promoted sides. You expect these games to be a good game because these are the six pointers. Yeah, they they threw up some crackers last year. Um I would expect Villa to, to win this, to be honest. Villa have been unlucky in a no, number of games. I say their fans are tearing their hair out because they don't deserve the position they are. They play, they've played some lovely football so far in fits and starts. 
they were a bit leaky at the start of the season. They were conceding goals left, right, and center. But um, it's starting to look like the worst thing that Norwich could have done was beat Manchester City. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> that was the pinnacle of their season, and they haven't really done anything else. And they've had two poor fixtures since then. Yeah, last last two nil to Palace, and yeah, like they they, they, they look like they're going to lose most games they play now. Yeah, and yeah. I, I don't know. I just I see I see Villa winning this, uh, but. Uh, I thought both teams will score in I reckon. Yeah, two yeah. I reckon two one Villa. But um I think Villa Villa they need a win. Oh and, and geez, they, they're they, desperate for it. They've been putting in the performances to deserve a win. Um I think Norwich I think their the shine has gone off their gung ho approach. We waxed lyrical about them at the start of the season. They were they were excellent to watch, but I, we said it. Yeah, you, you in fairness, you predicted this, this from very, very early stages that this is going to go wrong and they were going to free fall. And yeah, they, they just, have and they it's, will. It's just not sustainable. I think I agree with you. I know it's at Carrow Road. Um, Dealey will be there cheering the team on, but <laughs> I, I still, I, I still think, I still think that uh, Villa can win this, and I'll probably go with. I don't think I actually don't think Norwich are going to score in this game because I just think Tyrone Mings is an excellent defender. He is and. I think Villa defend well as a unit and I think against a team which is would be more on their level which would be Norwich they're, they're more likely to keep a clean sheet and I think I'm going to go with 1-0 Villa on this one 2-1 Villa and Grealish to score Ooh, look at him getting bulgy over there there we go <laughs> sure, look, if we're going to be wrong we may as well be incredibly wrong yeah this right? is true this is true um, okay Watford Sheffield United oh god that, where, is that on in uh, Vicarage it's on in Watford, yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, good God, that's going to be a horrible game. That's that, here's a prediction. That'd be the last game shown and match of the day on Saturday night. I, uh, I, 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 that's not. I, I don't even think that's a prediction. <laughs> <laughs> that's just um, fact. <laughs> that's oh God above in heaven. Um, that's going to be like Watford, she- Watford desperately need to win a game of football. Will Sheffield? Will Sheffield go after it? Even though they're away from home now, uh, because they they see Watford on the ropes. Will yeah. they, do you reckon they will? I think they'd be very naive not to. Mm. I mean, in fairness to them, like I know against uh, Everton, we spoke about how they they never left their own half. They left their own half twice, and yeah. they had one shot on target and, and one sco- and scored two goals. Scored two goals. <laughs> but I think they they were a little bit more gung ho against Liverpool. They they made a lot more forays forward against Liverpool. Mm. I know they were at home. It was at their ground. Um, maybe this is the tactic they're going to use away from home. They won't come out of their own half at home. They'll 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 try and create a few chances. Maybe now Watford, they, maybe they'll smell blood with Watford and say, "Look, we have to treat this like a home game. Go after him." And I, Wilder is ballsy. I think he'll do that. I think they they'd be very silly if they don't try and try and go for Watford yeah. because Watford are on the ropes and this is the time to get them. There was a little bit of a lift when when Kike Sanchez Flores came in first at that Arsenal game. Mm. They they were lucky not to win that. They to be were fair un- to unlucky them. not to win it and. They they pulled it back from two 0 but since then it's gone back to. They can't defend like that's there is an back. issue that when yeah. you can't defend in a soccer game or a football game, sorry, you're you're going to suffer for it, and yeah. they're, they're suffering for it week in week out. There. But um, look, Let, let's let's call it a result on it. I think this is going to be uh, nil all. I will. Do you know what? Hmm. We'll go on the Irish boys to score here. End of Stevens to set up uh, McGoldrick if he's back, and if not, Callum Robinson. An all Irish goal to, to beat Watford 1 0. 
<laughs> Jesus, you're getting very specific sure now with your, you with your predictions. If and one of these come off, I have credit in the bank for weeks. You see. Yeah, this, you is, this, is, this is true. And if, it, if one of these does come off, I will let you open next week's podcast and gloat about it. <laughs> <laughs> There's no letting. I'll be doing that regardless. Yeah, like, like the time I, I was gloating about Unai Emery using my tactics. <laughs> yeah, to be beaten. Th- what's it, 3-1? Yeah, to be beaten 3-1. Yeah. But he still used my tactics. <laughs> <laughs> which... Oh, which Moves us very nicely onto the last game we have to talk about, which is Arsenal Bournemouth. Jesus, how is this the last game we got? There? Oh, I don't know. That, 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 oh no, actually, it's not the last I, game. I knew There's one more after yeah, this one. You're losing it. Um, but um, I'm not. I just might can't read my own scribbles. Arsenal Bournemouth. This again will have goals. Every game Bournemouth play will have goals. Yeah. Uh, they just go after it, and are successful. Um, Arsenal can't defend because they have two head the balls as centre halves. Um, like to me, this looks like a scoring win for Arsenal. I say Arsenal should have too much quality, and as we yeah. said, when they turn it on, they have the firepower up front, and they're well able to move the ball through the lines quickly. They can't have scored some lovely goals this season by doing that. Like so, yeah, yeah. um, I I just I I don't see anything in this game for Bournemouth. Not not at the Emirates. I think Arsenal will win this handy. They they should they shouldn't. Well, not should should is a fairly strong word, but. I think they'll fancy it. They'll they'll yeah. fancy winning this game by a couple of goals. But to me, Bournemouth will score, and I think this will be a good game to watch now. Yeah, I I can see a three-one Arsenal type of job. Yeah, Arsenal will score definitely. They'll score a couple of goals, but Bournemouth won't. It won't be easy. Bournemouth, Bournemouth as well. You have to remember, Callum Wilson and Josh King are playing very well at the minute. They are. They are. That's that is true. But I just think the get a trip to the Ars, to the Emirates is just a, a step up a little bit too much for Bournemouth. And I think Arsenal should, certainly on paper, have way too much for them. I'm going to go 2-0 Arsenal. I'll go 3-1 Arsenal. I think with the likes of King, Wilson, Solanke, Harry Wilson is playing very well, Ryan Fraser, you've plenty of good talent going forward there. Like They can trouble the best defences in the league when they get going. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'll see Bournemouth scoring, but Arsenal probably have enough for them. Yeah. Okay, which leads us on to what is actually our last game. <laughs> um, it's not the most scintillating of prospects either. I know you like West Ham, but West Ham versus Palace. Mm, that's not the worst in the world. As I said last week with Norwich and Palace. Uh, we, yeah, it was, Nor- it was Palace went, and Norwich. Went that high-pitched, I think, might windows shattered here in the room <laughs> if anyone wants to sponsor the podcast, uh, Window Glazing Company, or this is your perfect opportunity. But, um... Like, as I said last week with Palace and Norwich, anything could happen. And Palace got the job done in the end, to be fair. Penalty, uh, woo. But look, look, they won't, they beat, they beat the worst, they, they beat the worst defense in the league 2 0. Yeah. So, look, this game, I think West Ham should have enough. West Ham, to me, uh, they, they look, they look fairly solid this year. Like, yeah. I think, I think it's at the City of London Stadium or. But yeah, that's, that's, that's what they're what I think that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, we really need to get that down. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, no, it, it is. It is what the, it's the Olympic Stadium, but yeah. the West Ham call it the City of London Stadium. I think it's 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 a home game for West Ham. They are looking very good. I think Lanzini's back. He was he came on there. He came on the weekend. Lanzini's back, which is a massive plus for West Ham. I think they'll probably have a, too much for Palace. At home, they should do. Cresswell is in r- red hot form as well. Scored yeah. two in his last yeah. two. Holler, uh, Holler looks really good. He does. Uh, Lanzini back. Uh, Anderson, I think that did, did he narrow? Is it did he narrowly miss a overhead kick? It was it would have been a cracker of a goal if he pulled it yeah. off. Yeah. 
Um, like, what I can't pronounce your man's name. I'm gonna have a, and no, I'm not even gonna have an attempt. At, no, go on, give it a go. Oh, it's near the end of the podcast. Everybody's not, nobody else is nobody's left listening anyway. <laughs> go, go for it. I I know I, I I I'm mixing up the letters now, so I'm not gonna do it. But um, oh god, it begins with an F. Four four nails. Four nails. Is that what it is? Yeah, I, I was going to try well, something French sounding and terrible. The, that's the way I pronounce it. And I, he's in my uh, ultimate team in FIFA twenty, and that's how the commentators. In uh, FIFA 20 that, that's fair it. enough. We we looked at <laughs> they, they do the research. So look, we we'll go with that. Yeah. Thought he had a cracker of a game I, last I, weekend. I, I will. I will say he's only in my team till I make another few quid and buy yeah, uh, some yeah. some slightly better players. But he is a good player. Like so look, he's a, he's a tidy little player, and I think he's a. Uh, I think uh, he's he's very good for West Ham. I think West Ham, certainly at the at the top end of the pitch, if you're looking at uh, Haller, Lanzini, Fornals, Anderson, and Mark Noble be just behind that, and then they have um, Mikel Antonio still there as well. Zabaleta like, and Zabaleta. Yeah, they have experience at the back, not the fastest back four in the world, but they have experience at the at the back. Yeah, they they have some quality players, and really when you look at Palace. You can't really see past Zaha. Maybe Andros Townsend. Yeah. It's, it's he got a late close. goal there at the weekend, but, geez, but he hasn't done a thing since, really. They're not They're not a great side, Palace, really. No, they're not at all. Like, uh, their midfield is slow. Their defence, in fairness to Ward, they pull off a ridiculous clearance at the weekend. Um, West Ham will win this game because Palace are bad. They only beat Norwich because Norwich cannot defend. and got Norwich it. are badder. Yeah, Norwich are badder. M- Milievich obviously stuck the penalty. He's a very, very good penalty taker. And then they got a, a very late goal to, to seal the win. Um, like... West Ham pose a hell of a lot more of yeah. a challenge. Yeah. Uh, with they're, they're more solid at the back. They're very good going forward. We've seen that this season, and they'll score against Palace. Palace are slow at the back. Don't like don't like that overall squad at all. Their best player doesn't want to be there at all, yeah. and he hasn't really done much this season. So look to me two nil two nil West Ham. That's exactly the score I was going to go for two nil West Ham. Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. As I said in earlier podcasts, I do do an accumulator with our score predictions every week and we are none the richer. Uh, so unsurprisingly. <laughs> so it, 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 we're actually, we're on the breadline, but we're still providing this podcast. So if you do feel like giving us a little help, if you enjoy the podcast, visit plpreview.com. There is a donate button there. Buy us a cup of coffee. Just to say thanks. And know that your 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 first donations will go by towards buying me a straight jacket so I sit still and I won't be able to hold a butter knife anymore. So if you're a fan of the butter knife, you know, maybe think about not donating. And uh, if you are if you like me sitting still and if you don't want Sean to have to spend days editing my voice, throw a few quid into the kitty and it'll be very appreciated. Exactly. And uh, do follow us on whatever uh, format you want, any social media podcast, subscribe, leave us a comment or a review. And uh, that's it for this week. Enjoy yourselves. Enjoy your weekends. Don't drink too much beer. Enjoy your week. But do Um, watch too much football. And on that note... On that note, (laughs) we will wrap up the podcast. Thank you for listening. Do visit us on plpreview.com. Good luck.